0: Hey, what's the buzz, and tell me what's happening, Pyromaniacs. This is Pyromaniac Mo, coming at you on July 13th for episode 3 of the Pyro Podcast Light. Uh, this is, as I said, our third episode. We are just getting warmed up. We are essentially trying to bring you some more set Segments, especially once the year gets going. I'll be talking about that, what we're trying to de- develop, and we kind of got the summer to um, preview some stuff, get some things rolling, and hone our skills. Normally, it's going to be myself, Romaniac Mo, and Stag Party, uh, but today I am graced with uh, D-Rex. How are you, brother?
1: Very good. Thank you for having me on the show. Pretty fired up. Uh, you're the man.
0: Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, I was a bit uh, under the weather. I am recuperating. As I said, normally we're going to have stags here, but when we were sitting down to do this recording, suddenly a beacon went up in the night sky, uh, a signal, as it were, and when I turned around, he was gone. So I uh, called in D-Rex to help me out. And while I've got you, uh, I've always kind of wanted to ask you, you know, my little story with pyromaniac uh, I was a fan first and foremost from I don't know show 20 or something like that and started contacting you guys and I've been working with you for over a year now but uh, give us the lowdown and dirty origin story of uh, pyromaniac
1: you know it's just something I've always wanted to do I've been designing and developing websites since 94 uh, professionally since 95 And it's just, I've been a fantasy football junkie since 1988. Yes, you heard that right. Uh, And it was just one of those mergers of my great passion for fantasy football and my career to, it was just, it just seemed like the right thing to do to, to create a site. But at the end of the day, I never did it. I was a young fella who wanted to go out and have fun and I um, always wanted to do it, and it just was one of those regrets that I had over time when I would think back on, man, there's still, even at the turn of the century, it's 2000, you're like, God, there's still not even really a good fantasy football website out there. One that I think's entertaining, one that I think is uh, interesting to look at, one that I think gives great information, and... It was just kind of one of these regrets that I continually kind of revisited in my year-end or new year kind of manifesto for myself on what I wanted to do better for the next year. And it was always, I would always look back, um, you know, and, and see this, why haven't you done a web, we got to do a finished website. So lo and behold, 2007, um, you know, I decided to do it with a few of my buddies. And Dogmatic is the only guy that's still with the company now that I started with and you know, we're we're deep into it, and our goal is to keep firing it up, and guys like you that have come in the mix, and we've got a great team that's kind of building out organically, and we're really excited for the future. We're going to become a household name. We're passionate about what we do, as you know. You're, you're a godsend to us a year ago, and we're just fired up, and Pyro's here to stay. We're different, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I love the way we keep changing. Um, you know, I started doing uh, team write-ups. I've done interviews and chats, which I'm sure I'll refer to, we've, that we posted on YouTube. And like I said, Stagg and I are really going to start running the um, Pyro Pro, or the, I'm sorry, the Pyro Light podcast. Uh, 52 weeks a year, same as the regular Francis Ford Coppola-esque podcast that we all know and love with Houdini and Staggs, the hardest working man like James Brown, hardest working man in fans football, and uh, Dogmatica and D-Rex, so they're still doing their bit 52 weeks a year that we know and love, and then Staggs and I, we're shooting for every Friday, maybe Saturdays, and in season, we're going to be doing waiver wire pickups, streaming candidates, trade bait. Uh, primarily based on our SOS, which you can pick up for 20 bones on the draft kit, Uh, and that's just one of 22 tabs. Uh, We're going to build some other stuff. Start sits, answering questions, lock of the week. We're going to talk daily. And in the build-up in the run-up certainly we're going to be visiting camps when those get going and you know what let's start with some Huey Lewis and the news and notes and uh, as I do one bit of news it's not fantasy relevant but I am drinking uh, Shorts Brewery uh, originally based out of Bel Air Michigan I'm drinking uh, Lupa Licious it's an IPA um, Founders which I talked about in episode one their Centennial IPA is my standard go to. If you like that, the real hoppy IPAs, the Huma Lupalicious is my second go to. Um, so they're out of Shorts uh, Brewery, Bel Air, Michigan, a great IPA. Um, what's your Val Verde tonight, D Rex?
1: Well, I got one of those uh, end of the weekend uh, at the lake house kind of moments where <clears throat> I'm basically doing a medley of a bunch of things left in the cooler. Um, just filling it up with more ice, keeping it keeping it nice. But right now, I'm gonna roll on this show with uh Bell's Too hearted Ale uh, nice. out of Michigan. What big fan of of Bell's, I believe it's Kalamazoo. You got it. Uh, and uh, so I'll do one of those. And I also got a few Oberons in there. I got some Angry Orchards because I can't get my Magners out here in Michigan. Uh, actually, I can if I drive to a uh, a Martin's that's about five miles away. But I just go to the corner, uh, keep it mom pa. So yeah, I'm doing a too hearted tonight. Maybe I'll crack out an over on. Uh, and good times, man. Summer drinking in the Midwest. I'm more of a uh, a citrusy IPA type guy, and I I like kind of the the notes and the flavors that the uh, too hearted has because it's not as it's not as hoppy. You're more of a hoppy guy. I'm more of a citrusy guy.
0: The shoots freshly squeezed. That's a citrus.
1: That's my favorite beer, buddy.
0: Yeah, that's a a real citrus one. I can take about one of those, but I can't go with that all night.
1: Uh, A six-pack of that is is mirth for this kid.
0: And uh, certainly, we're always talking beer. We love beer, fantasy football, so it's a a merging of our two loves here at Pyromaniac. Um, And really, I'm going to be pouring out a bit of my IPA. We lost one of the greats, uh, Ken, the Snake Stabler. Died on the 9th of July. That was Wednesday. He lost a bout with uh, colon cancer. For those of you uh, too young to be lucky enough to see him, um, I saw him at the very, very tail end of his career, really when I was falling in love with football. But uh, he was a NFL MVP in 74, Super Bowl champ, and Super Bowl '11. Just saw uh, NFL channels doing all these great top 10 and he was uh, voted one of the top 10 all-time Oakland Raiders. Uh, just win, baby. And he lived for the pressure. Madden talked about him um, getting bored if they were up by 20 points. He'd call a play. He'd turn around to the line. The dude would forget the play. My kind of guy, short-term memory. Um, but the great, the greatest quote I heard from the man himself uh, was, you know, some people need eight hours. I only needed a few. And so a lot of times – yeah, I'd read the game plan by the light of the jukebox. That's my kind of boy. And he threw to, you know, Cliff Branch, who should be in the Hall of Fame, and the Bolitnikoff. When you hear the Bolitnikov, he was catching passes from Stabler.
1: Um, Get it, Casper. He passed
0: away. Yeah, Casper the Ghost, yeah.
1: Casper was, uh, was 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 big. Those guys were were homies. I think those guys probably slid a few a few, uh, a few tw- uh, cases of beer and some ladies together over the years. Um, I love the Stabler. My dad was a big fan. Um, basically, my two favorite teams growing up were the Raiders and the Forty ers I don't know. I lived in Chicago, but for some reason, my dad just loved those Northern California uh, teams. Maybe so much that that's why I had to move there to California, live in San Francisco, uh, around the, uh, in 98, I lived there for about five or six years. And, uh, God, man, I love San Francisco and I love the Bay area, but, um, you know, 49ers are my squad, but Oakland, ridiculous. And just the thing to think about with him is he was just a man's man, drinking, playing pool, smoking Marlboros, firing it up with the ladies, just, just a total stud a badass. He, Like you said, he could do it online. Ho- great buddies with John Madden, one of the greatest, greatest to do it. And a great quote I got for, for him is, and this is a Kenny Stabler quote, all I want to do is drive around in my truck and drink Jack Daniels, and they just don't understand. That's Kenny Stabler for you. And the last thing I'll say, and then you know, let's get on to the next awesome number one hit by Huey Lewis, uh, is the fact that no joke, Kenny Powers, uh, I talked to our boy LeBron, Matt Brown, I talked to him on, um, I guess it was probably Thursday night, he called me, and he was sad, he was like, he, was, he basically was very sad, he was a huge Stabler fan, has his jersey, that's actually our profile picture on our Facebook site right now, but he was like, we were talking, and uh, you know, I was talking about how my dad loved him, and how I was a big fan, and Basically, he said to me, he's like, you know, you understand that Kenny Powers was 100% inspired by Kenny Stabler.
0: That's cool. I can see that.
1: That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So, I agree with you. I'm pouring out a little IPA for you, Kenny. Uh, badass, badass guy. One of, In my mind, the quintessential first lefty that I think of in the NFL. It's not Steve Young. Maybe for some of you young fellas. Um, it's... Kenny Stabler just slaying those balls and those big games and just a, just a cold-blooded killer on the field.
0: Kenny, okay, the Southpaw Snake Stabler. And next up on our Huey Lewis in the news and notes, the Chargers, Little South of San Diego. Antonio Gates suspended four games for PEDs. I'm sure everyone is well aware. Um, And since the news really broke, is that ADP's plummeting, gone from the end of the 10th uh, to somewhere in the 12th round. But uh, really, you know, a lot of people are talking to Darius Green. I am not a huge Darius Green fan. I really kind of think that the one that may benefit would be Stevie Johnson. Now, his current ADP is 60th wide receiver off the board. He's going at the tail end of the 13th, um, really almost the 14th round. Um, I think he's the one that's going to really benefit from those first four games, not Ladarius Green. Uh, but in other news, I guess Ladarius Green has friended Jeff Galouli on Facebook. So stay tuned for those of you that remember the Tanya Harding incident.
1: <laughs> I'm not a fan of uh, Green. I haven't seen it. Talked about it so much on the Pyro Podcast over the years and saying, "Ladarius Green, what a freaky talent." We did the same thing with Jared Cook. You yeah, know, we did the same thing with. Uh, Gresham, we did the same thing with uh, Pettigrew. We've done, there's just too many of these guys that just, they don't get it done on the field. It's freaking nature, it's huge beasts, faster than you could ever imagine, but they're just not football players. And I think with Darius Green falls into that mold, I'm staying away. Um, To be honest, I'm more in the mindset that I'll pick up uh, those lost in rounds and that ADP value, and I can see myself having. Um, you know Gates on my team. He's always has a great start to the season. He's missing four games. I guess the start to his season is going to be week five. Amen, dude. I'll take week five to week, uh, you know, week eleven or ten or eleven with that guy, uh, and then he hits a wall and and and, and, and goes down a bit.
0: Yeah, he could be great uh, waiver wire fodder, pick him up uh, week three, maybe ride him on your bench for one his last week of suspension, uh, let him blow up that first month, because that's usually what he does, and then put him up for some trade bait. Uh, Next in the news and notes, um, it's not exactly news, but something I want to talk about is the Saints running game. And I think that's gone under the radar. Certainly we know that Max Unger, um, the former Seattle Seahawks center Uh, has gone, as part of the the big trade, um, has gone down to uh, New Orleans. And when Lynch was running the ball, when Unger was in, he averaged one yard rush better per carry than when Unger was out. Not only that, Lynch averaged nearly nine fantasy points better 22 when unger was in versus 13.33 when unger was out so i think the real benefit here is going to be to ingram and spiller um spiller is an adp riser uh, in recent weeks almost it, he's really moving up almost a bit too much for my taste um according to fantasy football pros his ranking suggests uh 56 overall about the fifth round um from 718 drafts last week that's where the info is taken Um, He is definitely an ADP riser. In PPR worlds, uh, they kind of switch. Spiller goes 14th off the board and Ingram goes 17th. So in standard leagues, Ingram's still going ahead of him. But in PPR, Spiller goes 14th off the board, um, which I think is early. I I do like the run game down there because of Unger, but I'm just not sure exactly which one's going to benefit. I think Ingram's going to be the better ADP value. Uh, Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I love the the unger, unger comes, but also with the departure of Jimmy Graham, who now they don't need to worry about trying to get the ball in his hands. That's kind of why I think they shipped them. They're like, God damn, Peyton's like, I can't do what I want to do, which is spread the ball around because we do have this sick talent that wants it, uh, he wants his. And anybody that had Jimmy Graham on their team last year, I was one of them in a couple leagues, saw on a regular basis down the stretch in the last five games of the season, you're seeing Josh Hill in the game you're seeing them in the red zone with with jimmy graham on the sidelines you are uh, you're living so he's gone now now no one needs to get the ball to josh hill i think he'll be a solid play but now you got a player that's been a first team all pro three years ago you know actually yeah if you consider last year it was two, three yeah, three seasons ago he's, been, he's a pro bowler he's a he's a Super Bowl champion, you know, he was on, he was the offensive, the, one of the cornerstones at the center position when they won their uh, their Super Bowl two years ago. This guy's just a stud, um, you know, he's been in one of those NFL-ranked uh, top guys in the league, people are scared of him, people don't respect him, and now that's who's, you know, at the epicenter of your offensive line. I love both the running backs, I love the offense, I like Cooks. I like the value you're getting on Breeze. At the end of the day, Spiller's going too high for me. I can't go too nutty when it's a PPR situation for him. Um, Ingram, I, you know, I think I'll probably stay away from that running game. I like Ingram if he falls a little bit. But you know he's going to miss three or four games. So, I don't know. I think it's uh, these guys will probably eat into themselves. But I love a Max Unger and what he's going to do for that whole offense. I think it's addition by subtraction. Jimmy Graham. It's good he's gone from that team.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I think they saw the writing on the wall. Uh, I don't think he's going to have anywhere close to the years he's had or live up to his value. And I I kind of like Ingram. I think um, Saint, uh, centers are really important, and the Saints got a good one in Unger. Um, and then, you know, not real important to fantasy, but jackass of the week, Uh, JPP for the Giants uh, lit a $40 million firecracker and uh, in in the (laughs) reminds me of Ronnie Lott opted to remove the finger and the quote was, it's kind of gruesome entire right index finger missing his entire digit was removed last wednesday A decision he made to get on the field quicker and eliminate potential long-term problems Pierre paul was presented with the option of having a deformed non-fully functioning finger that could cause future problems or have it removed he chose the latter uh gosh i don't know man i fireworks uh, are fun and whatnot but for 40 million i'd be staying away from that kind of stuff
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, if I was was a professional athlete, I'd have a guy wiping my butt. I'd have a guy wiping. I'd have a guy. Right now, this this two-hearted would not be going to my lips with my own hands. Give Give it here. Yep, yep. All right. Yes, I'm a great sip. I'm not doing anything, I'm not driving. I'm not carrying around at airports, my contraband. Someone else is doing everything. Lighting my fireworks is probably at the top of the list on yeah. what that guy should be doing. Why would you be at your party down in South Florida and be like, oh man, I'm gonna I'd be sitting on the lazy boy and be like, get to work, I pay for this, I'm paying for you, I'm taking care of this, I'm chilling. I'm, playing, I'm in video game mode. Just get it going. Let me know when we're starting, and make sure that the uh, fina- grand finale impresses me.
0: Yeah, if I'm an NFLer, I'm having, like you say, a driver. I'm going to have a, a firework lighter guy. Heck, I'm going to have a sock guy that puts on my socks in the morning. I'm going to have it all, right? I'm going to have someone tasting my food for me. Um, I, just, <laughs> I just can't get over the decision to light a firework and how much it end up could cost them. Um, But I shall digress. One of the things that we're doing is uh, player spotlights here at Pyro uh, Light. And one spotlight I want to shed light on is Carlos Hyde. I think this man is really being overdrafted. Um, I'm going to do a bit of a comparison here for you with a real similar player. But before I do, um, Carlos Hyde... A couple things. The defense has really taken a hit, which I think they've lost a lot of players. And I think this is going to result in uh, more scoring by opposing offenses, which in turn is going to increase the need for the 49ers to pass. So
1: that's why I like Kaepernick this year.
0: I like Kaepernick. I hope he runs and they've got Bush, which cannot be undersold. Hyde is not a great pass catcher. Bush is that's going to deplete his numbers. Uh, Not only that, the offense has taken a hit. They lost right tackle, Anthony Davis, the dude retired. Pro Football Focus rated him 13th best run-blocking tackle. And the big one is the left guard, Mike Iapati, who hit the road for Arizona. Uh, he was the second best run-blocking guard, according to PFF, last year. As I said, they've got addition of Reggie Bush. They also drafted Mike Davis out of South Carolina in the fourth round. I just don't like it. Um, finally... Uh, There have been reports that the 49ers will incorporate some zone blocking this year. Now, they're not moving fully to this, but they are incorporating many elements of zone blocking. Um, I did an interview with a pyro chat earlier with the Huddle's John Tuve, who is one of my favorite guys. And he does a great job of explaining this, but essentially Tuve talks about the learning curve that offensive linemen have to go through when they're moving to a zone blocking scheme. And that many times it can take half a season, even up to 10 games before the line is in sync. Because with the zone blocking, they really all have to be moving as a unit. And if one guy isn't, it detracts from the whole run scheme. So it can take up to 10 games. And I don't think Hyde is going to have that kind of time. Now, listen to these numbers. Hyde had 83 carries last year. A man from the other side of the bay, Latavius Murray, had 82. Hyde's total yards per carry, 4.0. Latavius Murray, 5.2. On the games in which these guys had double-digit carries, Hyde averaged 2.67 yards per carry. Murray averaged over a yard better, 3.8. Their breakaway percentage? Hyde broke away from tackles 17.4% of the time. Murray broke away tackles 53.3% of the time. Hyde had three total rushes over 15 yards. Murray had eight 15 yard or more rushes. Hyde had one rush that went for twenty yards or more, which was twenty-seven total. Murray had four that went for over twenty yards, and one of them went for over 40. Yet for some ungodly reason, Fantasy Pros has Hyde ranked two spots above Murray. Hyde's going 18th running back off the board. Murray is going as the 20th off the board.
1: It's uh it's it's telling telling tales right there for sure. I uh I'm a Niner fan. I don't know what to think of Carlos Hyde. I've been here before with them over the last 30 years. They've got this next guy that's always going to dominate. Literally four weeks into that new regime, it's already a destroyed career, and who's the next guy? we don't know what we're going to get. I agree with you. I think the de- the defense, the teams lost a lot of talent on offense. I think Kaepernick will step up, and I think they'll be better than people think. I think they're a 500 team, uh, even in that division. But I just don't think I really know who is going to prevail there. I'm scared of uh, I'm scared of You won't be on any of my teams. Now on the flip side, I love Latavius Murray, but he's going you know he's going in the top four rounds. So um, if you get him in the fifth round, maybe it's value, but I just don't think he's going to be on many of my teams either. And I like the Raiders. I like the passing side of the Raiders a lot. I like the Derek Carr side of it. I like the uh, Walford, the rookie uh, out of Miami, uh, Clive uh, Walford. I like – what's his name? Well, yeah, Clive Walford. Walford. I like Crabtree a lot. I think he's going to be a gr- much better second wide receiver, too, than they've had in a long time. So um, I love the passing attack. Uh, You know, and I I, I watched Latavius Murray's big fantasy game last year, too. Yeah. There's, There's too many unknowns. And the one thing to watch out, take a flyer on. I'm telling you this just for poops and giggles. Trent Richardson, if you're in a deep league, and I'm in many leagues right now. I'm in doing this uh, fishbowl league that's 22 rounds. In my main league, we do 24 rounds. In uh, my biggest money league, we do 22. A guy that I'm going to be targeting in that last pick, in that real end, that he's just soured everyone that's ever owned him and a lot of people had him, Trent Richardson. Who knows? He's skinny. He's slimmer. I don't I'm not saying you know he's going to be a great pick but if you take a flyer on him at the end he might he might you know, Murray gets hurt.
0: Yeah? Yeah, he hasn't he, there's definitely not enough tail of tape. He hasn't um lasted a season and I I thought you were uh going to maybe bring up uh Davis the kid from South Carolina there. I might Take a flyer on him. He just um, he didn't go in my dynasty draft. I, I don't think he's going to go in many drafts, but he could be waiver wire pickup, especially if it takes that offensive line time to develop um, the zone blocking elements they're hoping to incorporate. I think that could cost hide his confidence. Um, Davis is a great pass catching back out of the backfield, and there could be something there. It could be some waiver wire down the line. Now a guy I'm really in love with is cj anderson he's currently my sixth running back off the board i honestly would not be surprised if he finishes the year as the top uh running back fantasy running back um here's some stuff i looked up on anderson from week 10 which is really when he got going he had ball and hillman to contend with uh week 10 is really when he got going anderson dipped below double digit fantasy points just once week 15 he had 9.6 Now, in that time, weeks 10 through 17, PFF has Anderson as the highest scoring running back with 165.3 points. Uh, Bell was about 10 points back. Now, there are a million scoring systems out there. The point is, he was top five probably all along the board, wherever you go to get your numbers. In weeks 10 through 17, he was one of the best running backs out there. Um, In that time span, he amassed... 100 all-purpose yards eight different times from week 10 and on he has more yards after contact per attempt than Bell and or sorry Bell or DeMarco Murray zero fumbles lost He did cough up one, but they got it back. Uh, And although he started in less than half the season, he was ranked as PFF's sixth best for missed tackles and seventh best for missed tackles receiving. So sixth best missed tackles for breaking tackles rushing, seventh best breaking tackles receiving. Uh, PFF also rated him as the third best all-around back last year and the fourth elusive. Now, you hear a lot coming from camps, but I like what Kubiak has said about this guy. Quote, I think in this league as coaches, you look for guys that can be three down players. When you have a two down player, that's fine, but it's just difficult in the game standpoint and getting them the ball, calling the game when you're not out there all the time. Anderson has a knack for protection. He's very bright in that game. So he's a guy that's not going to leave the field as much as he can stand it. And that's what the great ones do. So that gives him an excellent chance. I like he's going to be on the field. Um, in his last five games, he scored seven touchdowns and ran for eighty yards in four of those games. I am all about CJ Anderson this year.
1: Well, the pyro bandwagon uh, when it gets when it lights when you light that wick and it gets all fired up. Um, no, not the JPP style, the style that's fantasy football goo fireworks. Um, Dogmatica, you Houdini egg party are really, really high on C.J. Anderson. We took him in that uh, Scott Fish League. We got him 19th pick overall. Our, the, the eighth running back taken right after Lynch, McCoy, uh, Foster went before him. Um, and it, it, it's it's one of those things where I agree with you. I think in that situation with Peyton Manning, he could easily be the number one overall ring guy at the running back position. He has got it all. Uh, Peyton Manning running backs have done it again and again, going back since literally the 2000s and, and 2003 or 4. with Dominic Rhodes, a nothing guy that helped me win a championship. This is, remember, C.J. Anderson was third on the depth chart last year. Ball was a first-rounder last year, not because he had done a thing, but because he was running behind Peyton Manning. Then Hillman came in and was awesome. He was awesome. Hillman I, I was blown away by what Hillman was doing during his four or five game stretch or whatever. CJ came in, tops them all, super high on him. I was the last pyro in, and you know, you guys are better with the uh, the numbers and the data and just being a bad at being just badasses at fantasy football. I'm more of a, a heart mind Uh, organic kind of guy. And I know you have a little bit of that in you too, uh, Mo, but uh, I'm all in on CJ Anderson. And I think out of that second round, when I'm looking at this fish and moving forward, he's going to be probably in August, moving up into the first round, the buzz will be there. I'm happy walking out with that guy. He is just a perfect situation, great talent, every down back. What's not the luck?
0: Yeah, you might be able to score him as an RB2. Uh, chances are when August-September roll around, um, he's probably going to be the first the board, and I've got no problem with that. Weeks 10 through 16, he finished in the top 12, Five different times. There's only one week he didn't finish in the top 12 in weeks 10 through 16. Um, another guy we've been discussing, and I think you got it, on the, uh, the Fishbowl team, which you, why don't you give us a little uh, breakdown? What is the Fishbowl team? And then bring me to Jarvis Landry.
1: Cool. Yeah, the uh, Fishbowl is a league. It's the biggest uh, experts fantasy league out there. Um, you know, a great hashtag to follow is uh, – is, uh, SFB 360. So it's hashtag SFB 360, and that's the uh, Fishbowl Invitational. It happens every year, and it's an enormous league. I am not going to botch. It started in 2010. I'm not not going to botch how many teams are in this league, but there's a ton. Yeah, we're in a 12 man uh, league sub league uh, for this, and ours is uh, old school league, and we're the You're My Boy Blue division. But got. Uh, in every league, got ten experts and two fans. And the one thing I'm going to say, which is awesome, the fan in our league, he says, and I haven't seen any other fan out there that's done this in any of the other uh, leagues. And I've really only looked at the old schools. But one of our fans, I love this friggin' guy, is uh, is calling out how he's a fan of Pyromaniac, and that's uh, Robert Moreno, Chub Chub McGrub on uh, Twitter. The guy's awesome. Basically, he's on his whole drafting thing, and it's confused me a number of times. He's like fan of Pyromaniac. <laughs> so you go. I'm going through and trying to change stuff. He's like, oh, Pyromaniac. All right. And I'll hit up like Robert Marino. Marino, I love you, but you keep confusing me because I keep I say Pyromaniac and <laughs> one thing I will say about this, and I'll move on. Myfantasyleague.com is where it's held. The worst interface in the history of interfaces. <laughs> <laughs> I've used them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If you're a good UI UX person out there, just send them an email. Show them a redesigned version of it. Tell them to hire you. They need you.
0: Well, it's uh, Robert Moreno. Sounds like a classy fella. And um, tell me another classy fella maybe down in Miami. J.W. or J.L. Jarvis Landry. What do you think
1: of this cat? I mean, at a PPR level, I love him. You've got a guy like Edelman who's going in the sixth round. Lovers and Bostonians probably earlier than that, fifth round with all his, his success in the uh, Super Bowl and the. You know, it's just an awesome story. But. I'll take in a PPR format, I'll take a Jarvis Landry any day of the week over him. Especially now that Devontae Adams is out for at least six games. Um, Those first six games are going to be an awesome target uh, opportunity for him and him making a ton of grabs. And then when he comes back, it might even help him more. This is a guy you can't sleep on at all, at all. Landry, there's no question about him. He was a... He was the number three in 2011, coming out of high school. He's the number three wide receiver in his class. This isn't a guy. He went to LSU and played alongside ODB. He can make one-handed catches like ODB. He doesn't drop a thing. yet, because there's a lot of new talent, uh, Cameron at tight end, obviously you got Greg Jennings in there as well now. it's kind of a. You got Wallace out. Now you got Kenny Stills uh, playing that deep role. There's a lot of new parts in there. But Tannehill is a solid, solid quarterback and his number one target on that team, even when Parker comes back, who's going to be a great talent. I think he's a great late-round pick as well uh, because of the injury. He'll drop, drop, drop. Jarvis Landry, PPR will be awesome. He's going to be pretty solid even in a regular format. But the problem with him, and I had him on my team last year, if you're not in PPR, there's a lot of nine-catch – 53-yard games.
0: Yeah, and he doesn't bust into wide receiver one numbers often. I'm going to talk about this coming up. Something called TPW, uh, top performance weeks. Um, But really last year, now he didn't really get going until later on in the year, but uh, he only had one week. I believe it was week 12. He was uh, seventh best, and that was in both – formats um both formats ppr and regular uh he only had one week where he was top running uh wide receiver i'm sorry top 12 wide receiver in weeks one through 16 now that's the con Uh, i said jj Zacharyson tweeted basically something to that effect about how far down he, he was in the rankings last year but there's so many differences like you said of the top four wide receivers on their current depth chart He's the only guy that caught passes from Tannehill last year. There's chemistry there. Um, Jarvis Landry scored five touchdowns. I believe it was all five of his touchdowns came in the red zone. Definitely five touchdowns in the red zone. And Mike Wallace, he had nine of his touchdowns in the red zone. He's gone. Tannehill likes to pass when they're in the red zone. Um, Landry already had five last year. They're going to have to make up for – Wallace, who was a go-to guy, the nine that he caught there, I think he's trending in the right direction. Not only that, uh, since week nine last year, he had at least nine target games six different times. That's what I call trending in the right direction. So although he didn't finish as a wide receiver one many times, everything looks good. You can't play fantasy football based on last year's stats alone. You got to look at the projections and he's projecting the right way.
1: Seems like a professional. I'm going to tell you right now, he's even in PPR leagues, he's, 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 he's sliding. And the value is there. He's, he, when I say wide receiver one, I don't, mean, I don't mean him as a fantasy football wide receiver one. But on the Miami Dolphins, he's right. the wide receiver one on the depth chart. He's, as you pointed out, the only guy that was catching playing catch with Tannehill last year. They got a lot of fellas out of town in that system. He's a professional. This guy wants to be great. I'm going to tell you, he's going to be around for a while. And he's going to help out players a lot. Flex, wide receiver, uh, three in some leagues. Uh, if you're on PPR, it's a no-brainer. I like him more than Hey,
0: if you Pyromaniac fans want to catch some of the goo we are slinging here, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the regular Pyromaniac feed is at Pyromaniac. That's P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And then you can follow me at Pyromaniac Mo, all letters, at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N-I-A-C-M-O. And we're giving you this kind of stuff constantly, slinging out the goo for you to have a better fantasy football season. Um, D-Backs, one piece I'd like to do now, you're certainly not going to get this in season, uh, something Stratego, the classic board game. But basically the idea is draft strategy chat. One draft strategy I'm really looking forward to checking out and I know Staggs is as well is something JJ Zacharyson came up with from a number fire. He wrote up two books about it. So late round quarterback, for those of you out there um, there's many people I think that have a misconception and certainly don't take my word for it. Go to see JJ. He is a great follow JJ Zacharyson. Um, but it, it's not a plug and play. It's not sp- Drafting three quarterbacks and playing the best one. That's not what it is. You're not going to always be be playing one of two guys, one of three guys. If it's done correctly, you may play eight, ten quarterbacks throughout the season. Well, what does that mean? One, you got to have fair waiver systems. So fab budget, something I may talk about later if we have some time is optimal um, where everyone has a crack at the waiver wire and it's on an even playing field. You also have to have, you know, know your league. You have to have a league where you can get waiver pickups every week. and you've got to be active. It's, it's not for the guy who looks at his roster once a week, you know, just to set the lineup. You've you got to be active to do the late-round quarterback strategy. And what it requires is really looking ahead. This is something Staggs and I are really going to uh, have as one of the set segments is try to stay two or three weeks ahead of your competition, right, so that you can have those we've, – we've all done it where you've gone to the waiver wire thinking you've got a sneaky pick up and, oh, man, someone just grabbed him. Well, we want you to be that guy this year. And so we're going to give you the guys two, three, maybe even four weeks out. And especially when you're doing the late round QB, that's what you need to do. But you got to know what data points to look for. There are so many things out there, right? Um, One thing I've heard people talk about is points per opportunity. Now, get your abacus out, folks. You've got to divide the total fantasy football points by looks, you know, attempts, Passing and rushing, um, a little bit of math there. But when you do that, Brady's 50 touchdown year, he averaged .63. I mean, that's amazing. Russell Wilson last year was .57. Big Ben last year .47. So anything .5 and above is great. Cutler, I think, was about .42. Uh, Foles was less than that. I think Foles was a bit less than that. Um, actually, Foles was .436. But Foles. They had more opportunities. So not only do you have to look at points per opportunity, you got to look at how many passes they're doing. Well, man, that's a lot of math. So I started looking for a way to cut through all of that, and I call it TPW. It's top positional weeks. So essentially what I did was and this is going to be available on Pyro Pro. Uh, we may put up some of the content on Pyromaniac uh, for free just so you guys can check it out. But I think it's really worth it. Essentially what I've done is I've broken it down and so far I've got wide receivers and quarterbacks done. I'm going to have running backs in tight ends as well, but I've broken it down. To give you uh, total games played, but then the number of times that person was a top performer. And so I looked at weeks 1 through 16, and I looked for a 12-man league. And so you can look at how many times a guy was either 1 through 12. Uh, that's what you're looking for. You want consistency. You want a QB1. You want an RB1. And my numbers, they give you the percentage, how often the guy was there, and then it even breaks it down. It gives you the week's ranking, what week it was, completions, passing attempts, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, fantasy points of the week. It gives you all the numbers you need to know. But really, what I like looking at is percentage. So if you're playing the waiver wire, there are some surprising things. Um for example, one of the reasons I was not high on Cam Newton, uh, 42%, he was a top one quarterback. So if you happen to play him, those six games, you you did well. The rest of the time, you didn't. So he's really a hit or miss. And if you're doing QB, late round QB, obviously you're not going to have a Cam Newton, but Guys like Josh McCown, 45% of the time, he was a top one performer. Kirk freaking Cousins was a QB1, 66% of the games he played. Look at Chip Kelly's system. Nick Foles, 50% of the times he played, he was QB1. Mark Sanchez, 44%. These are the numbers you want when you're looking for uh, late round QB. Yes, points per opportunity is great. A lot of math involved. Say, and then you got to factor in how many opportunities they get. I think the TPW chart, top um, positional weeks, really cuts through all that, and it is a great nugget to have for late-round uh, late QB strategy.
1: I um, think – can I, can I, can I get butt in? I think it, it, it's a great tool to have for every position. Some of the things – you've only sent me wide receivers and quarterbacks. It's a work in progress that you're talking about right now. Uh, top positional weeks um, from last year. And it's just remarkable to see some of the things that I'm seeing at the wide receiver and quarterback. But Jordy Nelson and Des Bryant were better than Antonio Bryant. At being in the t- number of top 12 weeks for wide receiver last year. Whoa, that's amazing. Jordy Nelson is a guy that it seems to, all, it seems to be healthy. He's the number one in the best passing attack. I almost think he's undervalued right now. Des Bryant, of course, the contract situation is a nightmare, but I think Des Bryant across everybody's board I know is the number two wide receiver. It speaks volumes to being the top eight guy. Antonio Brown, obviously seven. Then you go down to ODB six. But another thing when you're going in this chart, and I'll I'll make it quick, is that uh, Eli Manning last year was eight. And now that's a guy that I'm super high on. Luck is 12. But the one thing I'll say from from this is Manning did 11 top 12 performances last and look at the guys around him. Wide receivers – Demarius, Emmanuel, the running backs, which you haven't even, you're haven't you probably working on. I can't imagine how many Hillman's going to be in there. So is CJ a bunch. Um, Manning's getting old. The Broncos are a little different. Obviously, Demar, uh, Demarius is going to go super high. But don't sleep on the power and numbers aspect of the Denver Broncos, even with Peyton Manning at this stage. That it's just a it's a new system, but you got to know Kubiak's not stupid enough to do an overhaul. He's gonna put and sprinkle in his little serendipitous, awesome offensive line aspects, which are the things that come from what uh, John Elway's been doing, anyways. He's an Elway disciple, so it's coming full circle. It's like a a, a Robro, you know. It's not like a new system that Kubiak's brain. It's a system that Kubiak brought. From Denver that they're still using more or less went to Houston went for a year last year to the Ravens now he's back this isn't a new deal it's going to be Peyton Manning a lot of success for him I feel he's moving up my tiers but everything else power in numbers the Broncos are they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year but fantasy football they're still the they're still the gem of fantasy football offspring.
0: Yeah, and that's the the kind of stuff that this chart really brings out. It's it's not just a late round QB chart. It brings out all sorts of valuable data, like you said. Top of the chart, Jordy Nelson, and something I've added since I sent that to you is percentage. So Jordy Nelson, because I've uh, I've added not only the weeks that they did it, which weeks they were, how many weeks they scored in the top twelve, but how many weeks they played. And what's the percentage? So not all guys play 16 games, but Jordy Nelson, 50% of the games this boy played, he was a top 12 wide receiver. Heck, 25% of those, he was a top five wide receiver. Um, There's some surprising numbers in here too that can identify guys the other way. Um, One that stood out a little bit to me, you know, Kelvin Kelvin Benjamin, everyone really loved him, had a lot of touchdowns. He was only top one 31% of the time. Deshaun Jackson, he was only a uh, top 12 performer 33% of the time. So those are the guys that, yeah, if you're playing them when they hit, they're going to win you the week. But remember, fantasy football is not – built on season-long numbers. It's week in, week out. So you want some consistency. You want big players all the time, not just guys that are going to have one or two outrageous games and then stack the points.
1: Last thing I'll say on this one is you know how much we like T.Y. Hilton and Julio Jones? This chart is not a good time for either of those guys. Both those guys are top 12 only four times. That's uh, I guarantee you in those four times, those two are probably like one or two, explosion factor whatever, this chart will probably say it when it's said and done, but um, it's a little scary now, you know, a chart like this is just great fodder to be able to be another cog in the wheel that makes the decision to create your rankings.
0: Yeah, both those guys 26% of the times they played, they were in the top 12 Julio, I'm still a Julio believer he was injured last year, I think his numbers are going to come back they're going to come back to what they were but T.Y. Hilton, 26% 26% of the time, and they got some new guys there. They got Gore, they've got uh, Andre Johnson, So, and they, they got the new kid uh, that they drafted.
1: Dorset.
0: Um, what's his name? Dorset. Dorset, thank you. Uh, who is moving in on Moncriff possibly, but they've got uh, a lot of hands going up when Andrew Luck drops back.
1: One thing I'll say, though, is 26% sounds whatever. To me, when you see four out of 15 games for Julio, yeah. four out of 15 games for T.Y. Hilton, that shows a little more discrepancy. When, you see, when you're thinking about casting uh, your draft boards and your tiers and who you want on your team, when you see those numbers... Um, It seems a little more significant than 26%. And that's just because I need to use a a, a tipping app to tip on my bills. I'm a right-brain guy. I'm a right-brain guy. (laughs)
0: Here's some some right-brain numbers for you that may surprise you. DeAndre Hopkins, guess how many times he was, if you're not looking already, but guess how many times he scored a top 12 performance from weeks 1 through 16? How many? Three.
1: Three. I'm not –
0: Times for Nuke, three. Same thing with Mike oh. Wallace and Jordan Matthews. Some These numbers are going to surprise a lot of people, I think.
1: I love this chart. You're the man for coming up with it. And to be honest, I'm going to just give a hats off to the whole pyro team quickly here. Guys like you that just come up and are like, D-Rex and Stag Party, I got this awesome concept that I think is really going to shine light on some amazing fantasy football information. Go for it. Um, actually, tell, us about, tell us about it. Do it. Stag Party is always coming up with these crazy charts that some are in this draft kit that you mentioned and alluded to earlier. We're going to have version four of that draft kit out a little bit later this week. If you buy version one, you get version two, three, four, five, six. You get them all. But in the version we've got coming out the, later this week, buy, the, buy version three now. You'll get it. It's awesome, all these charts, and stag party like, I just thought of something touchdown dependency and target targets and we invented basically targets and uh at pyro, and then everyone was doing it, so we did targets and touches, then everyone was doing targets and touches, so now we're doing targets and touches and looks. No one's had the balls to go that deep because they they're just not going to show their 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 copying ways too much, but just you guys firing up all these charts and these concepts and really breaking down formulas and different kind of ways to judge preseason, in-season, week to week, what you guys do, these gems of fantasy football that you unearthed, you, Stags, Dogmatica, Houdini, um, you know Valverde does some great stuff with those offensive lines. Some of these teams, <laughs> OC Kneias, New mix. you guys are unbelievable. I'll make the site look pretty. I'll run this Pyro Podcast uh, regular. I'll join you on this Pyro Podcast light every once in a while. But what you guys do for a content standpoint of thoughtful, thoughtful stuff is amazing. So hats off.
0: Well, I love the new blood that's coming in because I tell you, it was kicking my butt a bit last year doing all the write-ups for for the guys. And I love that we're going to be doing it for Pyro Pro. Stay tuned. But, I mean, nobody else is doing that kind of stuff. And I would say for you writers out there looking to make a a name for yourself, don't just send in a a write-up on a guy or your top ten. Try to look at numbers in a new way come up with a chart where you're really trying to find a number that can stand out and make you look at fantasy a bit, you know, cut through it all. Make you look at fantasy um, with an equation where where something pops off the chart and gives you an idea of who to start. Um, Then you can work on your writing skills from there. But uh, we're always, I think, looking for some new blood, and that's one way to make a name for yourself, making a chart looking at numbers and metrics in a new way um moving on one thing I do want to get in is the rookie spotlight uh especially before the drafts coming up and one guy I love I wish I would have got him in my dynasty he's uh, a wide receiver I, I, I don't think you should take him number one I had I took the first wide receiver off the board I took Amari Cooper but um Aguilar Man, do I like him, and I think he landed in the right spot. Kyle Bonagera, if I got the name right, from ESPN stated that Aggie was better uh, than Marquise Lee was back in 2013. And Aggie has always been noted for his route running, which Chip Kelly, you can bet, is going to take advantage of. Bucky Brooks from uh, the NFL Network, quote, This kid has a chance to be the best USC receiver since Keyshawn Johnson. He's a natural route runner with an outstanding ball skills and hands. Additionally, Aguilar is a sneaky runner with a knack for turning short passes into big gains. Now, you and I both love the man, the 40-year hound on the trail, David T. Thomas. He's done some stuff with us. He just sent me some stuff, by the way, on next year's rookies that are going to be outstanding. Uh, we are looking to get him more involved. I've been talking to him, and he is a hell of a guy. Uh, but David T. Thomas, who his scouting report stated that Aggie's skill set can Easily adapt to the outside. He goes on to call him one of the best route runners he's seen in 10 years. Now, I interviewed David T. Thomas, and he said this to me personally on air and off air. He couldn't get enough of Aguilar. Out of his 104 catches, Aguilar, last season in college, he turned 61 of those into first downs. That's what I call production. Few receivers can get the rise in their leap, said David thomas or contort their body and make adjustments in the air to get to the high ball like aguilar can this kid nearly 72 percent catch rate for his college career um his last year in college he had the second best hands of the top weighted wide receivers with a catch rate of 76.47 that's amazing um almost 11 percent of his total production came in the red zone Only Jalen Strong had higher percentage amongst the top wide receivers coming out. Finally, Matt Waldman refers to him as a great fit and a more versatile threat in the Philly offense than Macklin was. Now, last year, Macklin put up 85 catches on 143 targets for 13, uh, 13, 18 yards, 1,318 yards, 10 touchdowns. I don't see why Aggie can't do that with the amount of plays Philly runs. I could see him leading all rookies, to be honest with you.
1: He seems to be primed, uh, he seems to be the kind of guy that's going to start his NFL career on on the right note. All, all, all point all systems point to him being awesome. that offense, the amount of plays, him taking the Macklin role. there's just no question about it. Nelson Aguilar value 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 across the board. Dynasty Leagues, he's going to be around and, and be doing some great things over the course of his career. Love the guy.
0: I mentioned Amari Cooper. I took him uh, as the first wide receiver off the board. I actually had the second pick in my rookie draft. Guy, when I first took a running back um, in Dynasty Leagues, I really like taking wide receivers first. It's just a longevity to their career. But uh, what do you think about Amari.
1: I mean, I think he's the closest thing since AJ Green to Jerry Rice. In all honesty, I think he's the kind of guy that's just a pro. Uh, he's going to work on his uh, his skills. He's not going to be out in the club and and making a name for himself. He's much closer in 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 the way he prepares for the game to a, a a Calvin Johnson than a Des Bryant. Love both of them. But this guy is just going to be – I mean, I'm expecting 130 targets from – he's going to be the number one wide receiver on a passing attack that I really like. Mentioned it earlier. Like, like, like Derek Carr a lot uh, this year. The way that he threw and how much he threw last year, I don't think that changes. I think he's 130 target. I could see him having 80 to 90 catches. If he had more, it wouldn't surprise me. Um to be honest, I think he has that kind of season like an Evans had last year. Like, uh, you know, a, a Keenan Allen had two years ago. But to be honest, almost better because I think he does it from week one to week 17. Uh, and I think he's I think he's going to be a kind of guy that's going to have 1,300 yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns. And it's crazy. And people are like, he's a rookie, he's a rookie. Look at the numbers over the last four years or so. The best – Wide receiver that is that has a body. I mean, I'm not talking about Tavon Austin at the number six or eight pick that they got him. I'm talking about guys that went high: Julio Jones, AJ Green, the guys that were studs: Dez Bryant, the guy who, who actually he was he was a 24th pick, but those guys that you just know are going to make it in the league. They make it. This guy is the best of the best, and I love Kevin White, but I think Amari Cooper is the closest thing to Jerry Rice that I've seen because I thought almost A.J. Green was more of a freakish athlete than Jerry Rice.
0: Yeah, and one thing with who he's going to, he's NFL ready. Carr had a great touchdown-interception ratio as a rookie, which is tough to do. And Carr had more pass attempts than Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Joe Flacco, Aaron Rodgers... Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, Tony Romo, he was seventh with uh, 601 pass attempts. There was only seven guys over 600 pass attempts. He, I'm sorry, he hit 599. There were six guys over uh, 600 pass attempts. So Derek Carr, he slings it. And Amari Cooper is going to be the recipient of many of those. Um, bit of a pyro promo here. And we've got uh, the fantasy football inaugural season, the Pyro Pro inaugural season. We are bringing the Pyro Pro to the public. D-Rex, tell me
1: a little bit about it. It's going to be pretty awesome. You know, it's coming together a little slower, and we're always coming up with new ideas than we want. But the truth is we just always wanted to have a premium package for Pyro, something that just is is – we have a huge fan base not a huge we have a we have a passionate fan base and the people that love us really really love us and we always you know we're doing this on as our second jobs you're a teacher i'm a designer i'm a branding guy i've got a, a couple other entrepreneurial enterprises that i'm doing but there's no question in my mind hyro is my baby. It's my focus. I, 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 I just love, love, love it. So, we needed to be able to bring more guys in, be able to energize everyone, have this become something that actually is a business. We've always thought of it as, as that, but Pyro Pro helps us offer premium content, real heightened, awesome charts like we're talking about, um, and, and just be really give you guys, the fantasy football people the ability to follow players you love up to 30 players you're going to be able to have in your dashboard and we're going to have their player rankings and all their weekly information and the most recent stories about them be cultivated and funneled into your dashboard for your pyro pro team or teams and that's why we've done 30 players most of you pyro freaks out there. We love you for it. You're doing multiple leagues, so we're going to allow you to follow players. The second opinions we've been doing for the last four years for free, where you just ask a question and we'll email it back to you and answer, those are now going to be wrapped into Pyro Pro. Uh, the ability to um, see and add your players and radar in on them, it's going to be enormous for you. It's going to pull everything that we do great in pyro, but into a more stripped-down version for you, because and and kind of uh, weed out the fuzz and weed out the buzz, focusing on the guys that you're interested in following and the guys that are on your radar. And we're uh, along with the Pyro Draft Kit, which is great preseason. And in a couple instances, a great in-season SOS, in-season tool, Pyro Pro is really going to be that in-season tool where we're going to be giving you that information about pickups and everything and just our strategy. And it's just going to be everything under the sun that we do at Pyro is going to be available to Pyro Pro. And we're going to be stripping back. We're going to be putting more of the stuff behind the paywall. And We don't want to bum anyone out, but... It's going to happen and it's the only way we can really stay and and turn this into a viable business over the coming years.
0: Essentially, it's going to be all the stuff that you love about pyro personalized for you, personalized for your league. You're not going to have to hunt and peck and fish around. You're going to be able to plug in the guys that you have on multiple leagues, up to 30 guys, and it's going to give you all the pyro content that you need to know. Plus, we're going to give you the great charts like red zone numbers that I've developed, uh, the TPWs we're talking about. We're still going to give you that, and you're going to have access to the mindshare. Email us questions. We will we'll, we will get back to you personally. Not only that, uh, we're also doing a fantasy football league that uh, we've got the guys that are in Pyro are going to play, but we're also opening it up to the public. Um, how can some of the Pyromaniacs out there get a crack at getting in on the Pyro League?
1: Perfect. Well, we've had a number of uh, submissions already, but basically we're trying to uh, we're going to be doing a two league, twelve man league. Uh, we don't have the rules set up or anything like that, but we've got eight pyro brainchilds and, and partners. That, so we're going to have four pyro guys in each of these leagues. So what that does is that allows us to have uh, – and maybe if it's five, it's five, but I think it will be four. And that allows us to have eight fans in each pyro uh, pro fantasy football league. We'll be What we really are trying to do is get our fans and the people who love us to um, do a video – doesn't matter. Do something interesting. It doesn't matter. Do whatever you want to do to feel like you're going to uh interest us and want to have you in the league. Whether it's a video, whether we had uh J- we had uh, J- J- uh Jared uh Taver, his kid, his kid did a, uh, an amazing Lego logo for us. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to say that guy's pretty much in the league. <laughs> like, I just love, talk, it. love it. I love it. Yeah. Do something creative. If it's a video and it's why you should be in the league, you know, tell us why you should be in the league. Get, you know, don't tell us you want to whip our ass because we're experts and we're garbage. If you do that, we'll still let some, one of you in there if we decide that you're the one that you, we want to really smoke and, uh, and, and dominate. But the fun is, let's do something interesting. It's your resume. It's your uh, whatever you may call it to join this league. And between these two leagues, one league, but between these two divisions that allow us to do 24 teams instead of, you know, and have a lot of fans out there instead of having, you know, eight fans or four fans in one league, we're opening it up. So submit those. We're going to be putting a piece on the site this week about what we're looking for. But if you're listening to this, think about how you think you could be, You could rise to the top in in a uh, in a in a kickball tournament or or whatever it is to be the first picked basketball game, a football game. We want to. This is what I'm going to do to be the first guy picked in this. Do it. Submit it to us on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. Send it to Mo on Twitter. Send it to me on Twitter. Us on Twitter, and uh, we gave you those handles earlier. But let's do something cool and. Ex- I'm excited to put my best foot forward as I know hopefully you are mo and we want to beat you. We'll be, it's gonna be a competitive league.
0: Yeah and uh, as I would offer a piece of advice, you know be creative, put something of yourself in there but also show us you've been listening you know tie in some stuff that we've been regurgitating, we've been slinging let us know you're a fan and also you know help us out. We're trying to start the pyro light. Uh, I've mentioned some of the segments Stags and I want to do. If you've got some audio skills and you can create a drop, we're looking for drops. We're going to have some set segment pieces such as waiver wire pickups, streaming candidates, trade bait, starts and sits going to answer questions. We're going to do locks of the week. We're going to do some fantasy uh, daily advice. We've always got Huey Lewis in the news and notes. We do spotlights. And even before the season gets going, we've got Stratego, which we did a little bit of the draft strategy. Rookie spotlights. Uh, Tears for Fears, we'll be talking about. And one thing I want to do quickly um, is 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, this is a couple of ideas that you guys can do can uh, I do then, one
1: thing? Yeah. Give it to me. About
0: hey. 20,000 Leagues is a couple of things that you guys can do to start some leagues. Um, as a commissioner, maybe change something up. I've had a few guys reach out to me on uh, Facebook and on Twitter asking what they can do. By the way, I'm I'm communing with you from outside, from nature, I'm a nature boy, and I did just have a moth fly into my beer, <laughs> and I just removed it with my fingers, so if it's like one of those frog things, when you lick the belly and you hallucinate, and I start just speaking in colors and Arabic, just go ahead and call 911, all Right?
1: Was it a white moth?
0: Yeah, it was white, and it left a little bit of this uh, purple residue, I think, in the brew, but, uh... We'll call it hops. I don't know. It, it all washes down the
1: same. The white moths are the only ones you need to worry for, for, but worry for others is enjoyment for some.
0: I'm just saying. If I start salivating at the mouth, 911 and let them know where I'm at.
1: You got it. Done. Uh,
0: 20,000 leagues under the sea. Some things that you can do to spice up your fantasy league. One thing, one, it's going to help you with streaming quarterbacks, but I like Fab. Free agent acquisition budget. Um, basically, this levels the playing field. I always hate some of the leagues, and I'm in a few where if you botch week one, somehow you're rewarded by being higher up on the waiver wire for week two. And I don't understand that. Why not level the playing field? So instead of doing a reverse order, you know, whoever scored the lowest points gets the top pick. Instead of doing it like that have a free agent acquisition budget basically everybody gets X amount of dollars say a hundred bucks and one of my legs we do 300 whatever you basically you you put in your bids based on percentage so let's just go with a hundred dollars everybody gets so week one um, you know uh, I don't want to jinx anybody here but your starting running back goes down and the backup who's still on the waiver wires is out there and you want them but you won week one well with fab You can get them. Basically, you can put it as many waiver wire bids as you want and you say how much money you want to bid. So maybe week one, you bid 30 bucks for your first waiver wire bid. Maybe you bid 18 bucks for your bid number two, 10 bucks, bid number three, two bucks for bid number one. And then it levels the playing field. Whoever gets the highest bid. They get it. um, It doesn't get released as to who bid what. It just goes to whoever paid the most, and boom, they get that player. But then it's more like being a real owner. You've got to manage. You've got to think ahead uh, because when the end of the season comes, you want to have some cash left over to make some bids. I think free agent acquisition budget is by far the way to go. Um, Instead of just doing reverse waiver wire order of whoever lost the week before. Another thing I really like is uh, getting rid of the vetoes. I don't like having somebody tell me I can't make a trade because they don't think it's fair. Um, there was an instance I had a league where I, I wanted to make a trade. Two guys said they felt it was unfair to me, so they vetoed it. Well, when the end of the year came around, if I would have got the guy I wanted, I'm pretty sure I would have made uh, the playoffs maybe won. I wanted the deal, and I don't care if somebody else doesn't think it's a good idea or think it's unfair. I, I don't care what other owners say. Now, unless there's obvious collusion, which is indeed obvious someone's you know, someone's brother-in-law or it's just – Slop for a shining star. Obviously, that's collusion. But other than that, even if you think, wow, that guy's getting hosed, what do you care? Let it go through. I want to be in control of my own destiny. I don't want other owners to be able to veto. Um, D-Rex, you got any suggestions for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, something someone can do as a commissioner to spice up their league this year?
1: Well, I agree with you that one thing is uh, just keep it open, make it, the, the the system that happens where the guy makes a trade and it's a six player trade, I always am like, ah, that that guy got worked, that guy got worked, and the guy that I thought got worked at season end. Is the guy that totally won the bet or the trade. And so there ain't no right. You just don't know what's going to happen. So as long as there's not collusion and piggybacking and, um, you know, all that sort of stuff, then, then let, let trades go through and whatever happens, happens. As long as people aren't powering up best team, um, to, you know, unseat a champions like ourselves. Uh, I can't tell you more that if you're in leagues that you love but it doesn't have all the friend and family appeal that you want, start a league with your homies, make it an awesome league, put your spin on it, put your fingerprint on it. Uh, it's just it's just definitely the way to go. And this league that we just started is called the Pizza Puff League. And basically the loser, I don't know if you know what a pizza puff is, if you live in Chicago or the Midwest, you do. A little kind of cannoli-wrapped sandwich that's a pizza and you throw it in the fryer, but... In this league, and it's a Chicago company, uh, Il Taco, and any hot dog stand you can go to in the city, you'll, you'll be able to get a pizza puff. If you had it, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you're missing out. Lord, uh, knows, Lord knows, when
0: I think of tacos, I think of puffed pizza.
1: And when yeah, exactly. And when you when you think of a company that's making puffed pizza, uh, fryable food, their name would be called Il Taco. <laughs> right. Right. Let me give you a tag that's gonna make you ill. Uh, anyway, but well basically, the loser in this league, the last place guy, and this year we had a few people that were tied for last, but he had the least amount of points. You got to eat fifty pizza puffs during the off season. So we ship out fifty pizza puffs to you, and you got to eat them. And my buddy, when he when he, right when he realized he lost, went down to the wire between the the basement team. The first email he sent out to the league was like. I just told my wife I need to rent a fryer.
0: <laughs> yeah, when you said ship out 50 Pizza Puffs, I wasn't exactly sure what you had said there, but uh, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with
1: you. I'm going to be honest. It's expense. It was the, the most, we'll, in our league entrance fees, there's going to be a little bit uh, more put in for shipping costs. Just be honest, 50 Pizza Puffs, expensive to ship. And if, if you heard that, sorry, that's lightning in, in Long Lake, Michigan. Did yeah,
0: this pyromaniac podcast light? So I'm glad we woke up Zeus and he approves. Uh, <laughs> One last thing that's been brought up from the dudes at League Safe. I interviewed uh, Matt Harrison earlier uh, this year. He's a guy from League Safe. In fact, John Tube he does a lot of stuff with them as well. But basically, League Safe is Paul Chargian. Um, Matt Harrison, Christian Peterson, um, they do something called the Empire League, which basically, every year, you go into a dynasty, and those of you that have been playing dynasty long enough know that it starts to taper out. After five, six years, you got some guys that don't want to do it anymore, their team sucks, uh, whatever their life changes, and then you start selling off teams, guys aren't interested. Eventually, dynasty teams just sort of taper off. There's no, like, Ta-da ever they just taper out and things die. Empire League assures the ta-da moment. With the Empire League, what you do is every year you take 50% of the money and you put it away, 50% of the buy-in. And every year you do that. So that 50% that starts to stack up and build and build and build. And the deal is if you are able to win the Dynasty League two years in a row, back to back. You win the take for the year, but then that second year, you win all the money that has been put aside. Now, depending on what kind of high-stakes team or league you're in, that can be some serious coinage. And, in fact, uh, Matt Harrison, when I did the fantasy football chat with Pyromaniac with him, which is still available on Pyromaniac, you can scroll down to the bottom, uh, click on for more content, and you can find those interviews.
1: Matt Harrison... Or you can do from the filter, from the hamburger filter in the upper right-hand corner, you can go down to videos, and that will be an easier way to find it ah, on very pyromaniac.com. Very,
0: very nice. And uh, I'm going to continue to do the videos. I've got a few guys that I've been talking to, but uh, certainly with the Pyro uh, podcast light, uh, we won't be doing as many videos, but I, I think that was a good venue, a good way to uh, talk to some other people in the industry. But I digress. Uh, with Back to the Empire League, essentially – that's going to be a lot of coin if you put all that money away and then if you win back-to-back. You're ensuring everyone buys in and has interest and never lets it slide because, man, even 10 years in, if you that's some incentive. 10 years in, if you've got a crappy team, that's some incentive to turn it around if you've got all that money working for you, waiting for you. And if you're the guy... Everyone else in the league is gunning for you to make sure you don't get it. And Matt Harrison said they even had a guy who photocopied and sent in his will because their Empire League has been going for so long and it's been worth so much money that if he dies, he left a namesake, someone to carry on his team to make the changes, to make the decisions, and if the money happens to roll to him... someone for the money to basically inherit to. I think it's a fantastic idea for Dynasty teams.
1: When I saw that video, that was one of your uh, first few, I think. Um that was awesome. That just that just brought a whole new light and, and that's what's awesome about how you brought the fantasy football community closer in with Pyro and talked to these people through these videos and had these conversations is you find new things out about fantasy football that you never thought or realized before. And I think that Empire uh, league is is just awesome. And that Pizza Puff League, I'm gonna tell you right now what my concept is that I put out to the rest of the league. Um, I'm the kind of co-commissioner with my boy on, on that one, is that every year we're going to put in $100 per team so uh, to join to put it into that empire. Is that a little bit less than maybe a half? For sure. But over time, it's still, uh, still going to be a great one. But I love, love, love that rule.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good way to spice up your team uh, or your league, excuse me.
1: One thing I'll say. One thing I'll say about uh, doing these different types of leagues. Check out Houdini's got a great piece um, on pyromaniac.com, and just go and do a search for it. It's uh, you know fantasy football leagues. Starting a fantasy football league, but which kind should you start? And Houdini's like, Mister Commissioner. He's he's in eight leagues, and he's the commissioner probably of six of them, and. This is just what he's been doing since literally the middle of the 90s. And that's his thing. Every one of his leagues is totally, tangentially, absolutely different. He's got leagues that go through the whole season. You know, literally the playoffs are included. And you do a redraft every week amongst uh, besides the players on your team that actually made the playoffs. He's got rookie leagues. He's got dynasty leagues. He's got, you know, it's every auction leagues. No one knows more about this kind of stuff than him, and there's a great piece that actually he's going to update this summer and even add more to the mix. But if you're sitting listening to right now this Pyro Podcast Lite and you're like, you know what, I'm about to start a league with some buddies, go to pyromaniac.com, and it's on there. Uh, Starting a league, but what kind? Yeah, good.
0: As a commissioner, there's, there's bound to, if you're a new commissioner, there's bound to be things you have not thought of. Believe me, Houdini has, and he's going to set you the right way. You're going to be able to write your bylaws, get it all squared away, especially with an Empire League when that much money's on the line and we're talking years. You're going to want to have that pretty well sewn up. D Rex, we are going to bring this evening to a close. My Valverde beer is gone, and sir, it has been a pleasure.
1: You know what? I just want to give a shout out to the listeners and and just give respect and mad love to you and give a jersey shore chest bump. I want to do a high five. I want to do one of those crazy little handshakes that all these athletes do as they come off the bench. I love you, man. I'm going to be honest, from from day one it was funny you uh you you came in and you've been a fan for a while. But one of the stories I want to bring to light here uh, that has to do with you before you were a pyromaniac, Mo, and you were just a fan. Um, probably three, four, probably four years ago, four years ago, probably four years ago at this point, we would go into the Pyro podcast, me, Houdini, and Dogmatica. This is pre-stag party, is pre-you, pre-basically everyone that's on the team right now. And you used to uh, send each of us individual emails and say, Hey, love you guys, and all this stuff, and then ask a few questions to us. And then, individually, I would get it to my, you know, my, my, uh, at PyroManiac.com email. And then, I would, you'd be like, just so you know, on the Pyro podcast, I listen to you definitely the most. Your, your advice is definitely the one I go by. And then we'd be sitting in, and you did the, I did Unbeknownst to me, you were doing the same thing to Houdini and the same thing to Dogmatica, and we'd be we'd be going and talking about the show beforehand, and you know we're just talking about our fans, and there were farther and fewer between uh, back then. You were you're an early adopter, Mo. Now you're a partner of the friggin' company. You're the man. Uh, but we would go into these 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 meetings and be like yeah this 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 uh Jeremy Battaglia guy sorry if I mention your name uh, he, he sends me these emails and he likes my shit the best whenever we're having arguments and then there was one time where I realized wait, he's saying the same thing to me, asking different questions you' it wasn't like a copy and paste to each of us, and that's why we knew you were a creative and mad man. But we and one point, there was one pre-show where we all read the email. It was a totally different email. It was totally creative. It was totally awesome. And then at the end, Dogmatica, I just want to let you know that out of all, out of you, Houdini, and D-Rex, I trust your opinion the most. Thank you for everything. Blah, blah. Houdini, I just want to let you know then out of all the Pyro guys, I trust your advice the most. D rex And it was just an awesome time where, like, this guy is a madman. That's This guy's got Pyro written all over him. God bless. And as we've gotten to know each other more and more over the past, you know, few years through those emails and then a couple of years ago where it got deeper and then last year when it was like, you know what, we need you to join the force. And you're like, you know what, I got to be a part of this team. Hats off to you. It's passionate people like you that are going to make pyromaniac.com a household name. You are a beast. I love everything about you. I respect you so much, and I'm going to shut it down.
0: You know, I uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I'm first and foremost a fan, and the thing I think most pyromaniacs know is this is a different entity. It is not a douche canoe site where you hear the same stuff regurgitated over and over. Uh, we're not afraid to have differences of opinion. We let it be known. And sometimes the guys went out and we change our opinions. And that's the way educated folks behave in this world. Um, and that's how pyromaniac behaves. They, they stick their neck out. Uh, they talk about things other people don't talk about and what I always love most is it's like I'm sitting around with my buddies and uh, shooting the breeze and it's always like a reunion hearing Pyromaniac and the laughter and the camaraderie so it's really just it's truly my pleasure to be a part of it and uh, I, I thank you for uh, keeping it going and getting it going this, is, this has been something and I can't wait for us to be a household name
1: Guys, nice. reverence is huge for us. We're not trying to be uh, the Nickelback. We're not trying to be the Peter, Paul, and Mary. We're not trying to be, and no disrespect to any of these artists or whatsoever. We're trying to be the Who. We're trying to be the Oasis. We're irreverent. We're interesting. Um, I liken myself to Pete Townsend much more than anyone else in the industry would ever even comprehend and i i just know that our team is just different and we're real and it's just going to be awesome when it finally con- connects and it clicks and it already is is on its way it's just going to be really it's going to be a great time for all of us with all the hard work we, we put into it and um you know i just i just i just appreciate you listeners they're listening now being a part of this journey but i also respect pyromaniac mo what you've given and sacrificed for pyro i love you dude this has been a great fire podcast light i think we we went above and beyond the hour thing we wanted as it is going to happen with most d-rex episodes (laughs) we're we're, it's a proof of concept we're working you're working out everything but mo you and stag party on this pyro podcast light The fans of Pyromaniac are astronomically lucky. There's no one more passionate about fantasy football than you and that no one that has more outlets that you use than you. Out of anyone on Pyro, there's no question about it. You're going to be able to bring this industry of fantasy football that kind of hates us in the Oasis Ferb way um, because you're so great. And then on the flip side, you got Stag Party who really, as you know, knows the game. He knows the he knows the NFL. He knows how it works on the inside of it. He knows how the game plans. He knows the schemes. Stag Party is a young fella, but wow, I have not come across a guy that knows the NFL like him. And I haven't come across a guy besides Dogmatica and Houdini that knows fantasy football like you. So, amen, brother. Well,
0: hey, and Pyromaniac fans, if you agree and you love this and you're sticking with us, you know what? Uh, be an energy giver out there. Uh, give us a review on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Uh, tell us what you think. And especially with the Pyro Light podcast uh tell us what you like tell us what you didn't like what can we add for you what can we do to make it better we want this to be a mainstay we're coming at you 52 weeks a year and now twice a week and who knows where it's going to grow from there but we thank you folks for sticking with us uh d-rex it's been my pleasure as always have a good evening brother
1: you too we're not going anywhere pyro live learn we're slinging goo. you dig it (laughs) It's not Cyrus, it's Pyrus.
0: I like it, I love it, and we will be with you next week as always.
1: God bless, folks. Take care.